Welcome to the Extraordinary Women Podcast, and I am so happy you're here. I'm Sherry Harmel, your host for the next 30 minutes or so, and you must be an extraordinary woman if you're here listening today. This is the place where we have conversations about relevant, current, and important topics for today's women. From finding that elusive balance that we all seek, to clearing out the stuff that we no longer need in our lives. Those are our conversations and not much is off limits. The mission of the Extraordinary Women podcast is to give you ideas, inspiration, and even hope that your dreams are absolutely possible. So let's get started. Um, we are welcoming Crystal Kinney today, um, and Crystal's going to talk about what she does, what's uh, kind of behind the scenes, which would be the brain of Crystal Kenny and the motivation and inspiration, all of that behind you. Um, Crystal, you do so many things, so why don't you just share what all, what all that is? Sure, yeah. So I've been a photographer for over 15 years. And I work in Paris, mainly shooting events and portraits. I also recently published my first book. It was a memoir about my life in Paris for the last 10 years, about building my life here and everything that happened along the way. Uh, And then I recently started a podcast as well about interviews with artists inspired by France. I love it. I love it. So, and that podcast is called... La Vie Creative. La Vie Creative. So it's not just artists. It's all kinds of creatives, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't like to just narrow it down to just artists because we're all creative, whether we know it or not. And I think the word artist comes with like a lot of stigma. Like I have to be like so many years of schooling and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, like creativity lives within all of us. And uh, I really want to inspire other people to try to find that inside themselves by listening to other people's stories. Yeah, I, very cool. That's um, I've listened to a number of your your um, podcast episodes, and everyone should listen actually because they're all interesting people. Um, Thank you. And yeah, it's really excellent. But let's you know let's talk about the fact that there's all these pieces to your business. So you're an entrepreneur, right? There, you're not part of a company. This is mm-hmm. Crystal's business. How do you? How do you manage that? Because a podcast is very different from writing a book, um, marketing a book, and and then entirely different from photography. You also teach photography classes, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I have some lessons next week, actually. Oh wow! Yeah. So how do you how do you do all that? Because there's there's a lot of people, you know, who do have multiple interests maybe and want to explore the interests and see if they have the talent. So how do you manage that? Yeah, I mean, really, I, I don't do, I do all these things at the same time, but I didn't start them all at the same time. So when I'm learning something that I want to try, I make that my main focus in that moment. Okay. So photography I've been doing for a very long time, and it's kind of running on autopilot at this point. So when I wanted to learn something new, you know, I still have my photography business, but then I really started to focus on 
how do you start a podcast? Like I watched videos, I talked to other podcasters. The same with the book. I started reading things online. Like there's so much great information online to educate yourself and even just finding a great mentor. So if you're someone who's struggling and you have so many things that you want to do, I would say, you know, focus on what you're drawn to the most in that moment. Yeah. 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 Which means you don't have to give up the other things. You just have to put them on the back burner for a second. That's, and that's key. You know, you, you're, you're not giving it up forever. And also I'm sure when you started photography 15 years ago, you never thought in a million years you'd be doing a podcast. Oh yeah. I never, I mean, I don't think podcasts even really existed. <laughs> I mean, the iPhone's only been around since like 2007. Yeah, I mean, technology is changing so quickly, so rapidly. Yeah. There's constantly new things happening. So yeah, I never imagined myself podcasting. I wanted to get into journalism. I wanted to be a writer. I always knew those things. And podcasting just feels like another way to do that. Yeah, but that's a, that's really cool to remember is that sometimes what you're imagining today that you want to do that you're maybe some of the things you have to put on the back burner what you will end up doing as time progresses might be entirely different from anything or outside the realm of what you can imagine today yeah and also maybe the technology doesn't exist yet for yeah. what you want yeah. to do as we're learning yeah. right now <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly now that we know all that meta whatever yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does that mean what does that mean so <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. So, um, but you talked about, you, you just kind of threw out a couple of things and I know I should be transparent in the fact that I know you and I mm -hmm. worked with Crystal. She has taken all kinds of photographs, both of myself and now she's taking photographs of some of the people that were highlighting in the magazine. So I, I know Crystal and I know I've known of Crystal for a long time. She's amazing. But so some of these questions might feel silly to Crystal, but I think they're really important for the people to hear about, uh, whoever's listening to this. So you, when, when you come up with new ideas, you talked about how you pivot and you really focus on that and that photography really became kind of um, almost, you know, on autopilot, so to speak, but yet you're, you're constantly thinking of these ideas because photography is for you now is not just taking people's pictures, individuals and couples. Uh, just for those of you that want to look, she just posted on her Instagram, like your top something wedding photos. Oh, yeah, wedding photos, yes. I loved that. It's, it's really quite beautiful. Those photographs are beautiful as all of them are, but, but yet you're teaching the photography classes. So how do you... How do you think about, okay, here's photography, here's one love, but what else could I do in the photography realm? Yeah, where does well, that come from? I, I think that the most important thing is having um, periods of rest. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's important. I think we kind of have three periods where we're the idea period, we're the action period, and we're the rest period. And I feel like the resting period is where all it comes from. And um, some of my newer ideas have come from the pandemic because I didn't have work, you know, things stopped, the world stopped. It was a resting period for me. Yeah. That's really when I started to look into podcasting, into courses, into helping other people grow their businesses, like thinking outside the box. 
but I hope that we don't need a global pandemic to come up with ideas. Like, I think it just proved to me how important rest is. Um, so I think it's important we kind of force ourselves into rest. And the other thing that's really important to me is connecting back to nature and especially sources of water. Anytime I can be near a body of water, a vacation for me is a beach somewhere with a cocktail. And that's actually when I can really come up with some great ideas, not just from the alcohol, but from relaxing. <laughs> from the alcohol not the water and the alcohol but relaxing in that space it's really interesting Water's really fascinating how I think water in so many ways actually uh, creates uh, inspire it's like something moves within us when we're Mm -hmm. around water you grew up you grew up right on the ocean didn't you yeah yeah I grew up on the, the Chesapeake Bay and uh I really miss the water. I mean, just spending my whole life there and we have the sun in Paris, but it's just not the same, you know, you need that big body of water that's naturally flowing um, to really like re-energize myself. It makes me feel better. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder what it is, if it's salt. We don't know, right? Um, Yeah. yeah, I don't get the same feeling from the sun that I do from the ocean. I agree with no. those vacations, though, what your point is, and not everyone can live by the ocean um, or even take vacations by the ocean. But what your point is, is find your that's what I hear from you is find your place, find mm-hmm. where you can re-energize and have that creative thinking. Yeah. 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 It might not be the water for everybody, but there, I'm sure there's been a place that you felt different when you were there. And it's important you go back there if it was a good feeling, you know, if you felt relaxed, if you felt good. Yeah, yeah. That's so when you're in that, so you're sitting on the um, lounge chair, you know, in Mexico or in Florida or whatever, and you've got the umbrella drink and, you know, banana <laughs> above you or whatever. So what what's the process? Like, do ideas just come in and and like, goodness, why don't, you know, why don't you start a podcast and, you know, and I mean, what happens? What's going on? Do you have to put yourself in a certain, I guess, mindful place to have those ideas come in? I mean, calling myself mindful is the last word I would use to describe myself. <laughs> I, I am not a yogi lady by any means. <laughs> like I'm, I'm talking about rest for my body, but mentally, like, it's on. <laughs> Yeah, but like, um, I think for me, it, it definitely just comes randomly. Um, well, just especially for like writing and projects I want to work on, I'll just be sitting there and all of a sudden just like light bulb pops into my head. But also, I think a lot of that has to do with surrounding myself with other creative people, with living in a creative city, um, with being around beautiful things. You, when you're in like this little mixing bowl of art, and life and energy and people doing what they're dreaming of you can't help but find ideas yourself yeah so your environment is what I'm also not just rest but your environment you know what is going on in the environment around you so we, we also you know hear about the importance especially when you're starting your business or trying to get your business launched the importance of mentors the importance of a supportive community who is yours what and how did you develop that? 
Yeah. So my people uh, are other creatives. I mean, I, I have a lot of photographer friends. I'm lucky I'm part of a company that has a global conference every year and we get to meet somewhere in Europe usually. And then I meet all these other photographers around Europe. So just being around other people that share your passion, uh, it really just brings me to life. And I never really thought about that because in the States, I didn't really hang out with photographers. It was just seen as competition and the enemy in some ways, but it wasn't until Europe and really we're not competition because we're operating in different cities. Mm -hmm. So it's indirect competition. And oftentimes I give even work to other photographers in Paris because I'm double booked. I've tried to develop over time this idea of, you know, sharing and helping wherever is possible and, you know, not just, not just to do it, but also people do the same for you. People are really gracious when you help them. Um, and so for me, I find my people by doing what I love. So I love photography. I love the arts. I love museums. I mean, Paris is full of these kind of people. <laughs> I find that Paris attracts a certain type of woman. She's usually adventurous, open-minded, um, many times independent, many times lost when she first arrives here. So, I mean, that. That is like my people, you know, that's who I'm hanging out with. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you, though, um, do you bounce ideas off of certain people in your life? You know, like when you thought of doing yeah. the podcast? Yeah. I have like my mastermind group, which yeah. would be yeah. my closest friends. Like these are the people that have known me the longest. They know me inside and out because, you know, when we are our brand, we can't always show our entire self. But these people know me so well. They know like my problems. They know my good stuff. And so whenever I'm really excited about something like writing a book, starting a podcast, coming up with titles, I email the, these four people at the same time. And I say, hey, what do you think about this? You know, what do you, what do you want? And, and they're so helpful because they love me and I love them. You know, this, those yeah. are the kind of friends you really need. It's just a couple of people you can really trust. Yeah. Yeah. Are those four people all in the same city? Oh no, they're none of them are in the same city. <laughs> I, I, I figured not, but I think that's a really important point is that you'll find them all over the place, but that doesn't mean you can't bring them together kind of as. Yeah. And they didn't even know each other. Um, they're in this email chain. <laughs> and they, sometimes they've never even met, yeah. but they're just really kind. And I'm very lucky to have friends like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's you bring up a really important part point though that when you're, especially when you're a solopreneur where, you know, it's Crystal Kenny as an example or whomever, if your face is the front and center because you have multiple aspects of your business in some ways, or you work as a solopreneur, that mm -hmm. you have to hold some things kind of close to the, to your chest and not share, mm -hmm. you know, not, you don't have to be on TikTok, you know, letting everyone know <laughs> everything about your love life, about your family, about this or that. Yeah. yeah. I think the internet is new territory, you know, it, it's still so new. We're still evaluating how to use it, what's right. Mm -hmm. And for me, I've never been super comfortable with sharing much about my life in general. And it's just because I listen to all these marketing things and read and they're like authenticity sharing yourself sharing who you are I mean this comes down to even before the internet marketing it's people buy from who they trust and like but now we have these massive platforms to talk about ourselves but it doesn't make me feel super comfortable I've had to learn to do that and I think oftentimes that's a problem for women in general 
Um, but I definitely keep a lot of things for myself as well, because there's just certain things I don't think people need to know, you know. Yeah. And they don't relate to the business. But why do you say, do you think women share too much or they hold their cards too close, so to speak? Like we don't want to share anything. I think we're often embarrassed to talk about our projects, to talk about ourselves. Um, I think that we live in a society where you don't, seem humble you don't seem gracious if you're talking about yourself or at least that's how we feel many times mm-hmm. uh, maybe sometimes it's the opposite for men they seem to have no problem sharing <laughs> about what they're doing but oftentimes women I feel like we hold back because we don't want to seem self-absorbed yeah that's really interesting I, I I also I don't know if it's true but I also have a viewpoint that women tend to be more of a, a come from a place of scarcity and therefore, I don't want to share because someone might steal my idea. And um, mm-hmm. men don't care. Men, first of all, not that they don't care. They don't come from a scarcity. But I think men tend to say, here, here I am. Here's my deal. Mm-hmm. Do you say that's true? Yeah. Or do you, do you experience something different than I do? Because we're in different age groups. So the people we're interfacing with in business are different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me... I think in my 30s, it's all been it's been about collaboration. So I don't ever have this fear of people stealing things, really, because nothing is original. I mean, we're all just putting a spin on something with our own personality. So once you understand that, it's like very freeing. But I can see how men and women would have that feeling. I think that men help each other more. I think women can be quite catty. Yeah. Um, which I'm totally opposed to. I try to help right. women probably more so than men. And that's not that I'm being, you know, gender specific. It just kind of happens that way. Cause a lot of times when I see creatives and I see young women, uh, starting out any age, uh, I know what that felt like. I know what it feels like to be alone and to, you know, need help, but be afraid to ask, you know, it's, it's very kind of endearing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're probably one of the, I would say, one of the most competent networkers I have ever met in your age group, truly, um, and maybe even beyond. Um, were you always that way? Were, are you, were you always like the kid that was, you know, kind of connecting people? In StrengthsFinder, we call it a connector, a person that connects people to projects and yeah. each other were you always that way I was a total opposite of that as a child I was very shy I was very introvert I didn't talk to anybody I don't think I had friends <laughs> until I was like 11 oh my god you're I was... and now you have more friends yeah. than you know you have strands of hair practically <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean something I learned is that to be successful as an entrepreneur you really need to network you really need to put yourself out there and it was very uncomfortable in the beginning I definitely had a lot of social anxiety but it's just like anything the more you do it the more comfortable you become yeah so what do you say though to the woman that says you know I'm starting this but I don't want to reach out to the people that might really help me especially in social media because you know they have 30,000 uh, you know, sub- followers or subscribers or whatever, hundred thousand or what? Why would I reach out to them? They're huge, um, and and then they 
Mm-hmm. They stop themselves, in essence, um, because they're connecting with people who have the same number of followers that they have. What, what, what would you tell them? Because you're somebody who's been out there now for a while. Would you say contact the big, the big fish? I think that it's become more complicated with the big fish because they have so many people asking them for things. And when they have constant people wanting something, wanting to just basically use them for the numbers, they're oftentimes not answering anymore. And I have some friends that are like this. They have a big following and they're used to constant text, constant emails, constant messaging, and they don't know these people. They're complete strangers. So I think that if you really want to work your way up in the world as far as networking, it's better in person. The internet is a powerful tool, but if you really want to make that energy, that synergy connect and not just talk to a screen, I would be reaching out to people that you can actually be in contact with in the real world. Now that's not to say don't use the internet, don't connect, don't reach out to these people, definitely do that. But keep in mind that these people are oftentimes overwhelmed by all the attention they're getting. Yeah. Yeah. Now you have this, I think I read, you have this business that you're just starting, which is really helping other, you know, basically coaching to some extent, people who are starting businesses. What are the, are there challenges that you, similar, do you see a pattern of the same issues and that's why they come to you and ask, you know, ask for you to help them? Yeah, well, actually, the pattern is kind of what you talked about. They have a lot of projects. They have a lot of ideas. They don't know where to start. They feel lost. And the other biggest thing is the confidence. It's oftentimes they don't feel good enough. They don't feel like it's the right time. Who are they to go out and do their dream, you know, because we get caught up in these social constructs and we get caught up in our own ego, too, and it it becomes a real block, you know. Yeah, I can relate. So what do you tell yourself? Because you were a young girl, and I know because I've read your memoir and we're going to talk about your book a little bit. So it was either, you know, starve or get going. Um, but it, how, how did you give yourself the confidence? Because when you were first here, it was a rough go. Oh mm-hmm. my God. You're, it's not like you went to work for a corporation and <laughs> corporate setting and you had benefits and a salary and you were just working up the ladder. You were on your own. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I, I am a big believer in, um, you know, like self work, I read a lot of self help books, I listen to a lot of inspiring like shows whenever possible. But also, for me, and this is not for everyone, but it was but like you said, it was basically like, get going or fail, you know, like, because I didn't have a home, I didn't have the right visa, I didn't have money. So it was like kind of put a fire under my butt <laughs> to like figure it out because the other option was just to go home to mom and dad and that felt like a complete failure to me. And even if that would have happened, probably would have worked out somehow, but I just felt like I needed to get things moving. And I, I really believe that once you get rolling in the direction of what you really want to do and what you really need to be doing, things fall into place and you just can't see that until you start moving. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's interesting. I say that, you know, the, the, and it's, again, nobody's ever had an original thought and certainly I haven't, but it's like dreams are great on paper. They're wonderful on paper. It's the hard part is the doing, getting started. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get, that's the hardest. It's just like going to the gym. (laughs) It's like once you go, you feel great. (laughs) 
It is. Absolutely. That's a perfect analogy. I'd rather not go to the gym, quite honestly. I'd, I'd like to just, you know, take it, the happy pill. What were your favorite self-help books? Do you have any that you think everyone loves, uh, you should read? Or you? I mean, I, yeah. I, I really like uh, Big Magic. Oh, Elizabeth you, Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of hers. Um, especially when it came to creativity, that's a great book for anyone struggling with um, believing in themselves and creativity and things like that. And I also liked, um, was it Maria Forleo? I always say her name wrong. Uh, Everything's figure outable, figure outable or whatever it is. Um, When I read that book, I was like, that's how I've been living my whole life. Why didn't I write this book? You know, you have many moments, (laughs) you have many moments where this is the thing is like, I feel like, and they talk about this in Big Magic, ideas are floating around out there and you if you don't use it it's going to move on to somebody else that's just life so you have to jump on it that's a really interesting concept though that for those of us that maybe procrastinate or say I have to make it perfect is to switch that up and say if I don't act on this idea it's gonna go it's gonna go the next one yeah because I mean, ideas are energy. Energy is moving around. We're energy. It's not going to sit and wait till you're ready. And, and nobody's stealing your ideas. It's just, it's moving on. You didn't do it. That's a, that's a whole different perspective from, oh my God, I need to make it perfect or, you know, I'll look like a fool. You know? So. I mean, every woman that I've studied that's been super successful and is doing great now they failed a lot. So start failing right now because it really is helpful, honestly. <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> well, and I wasn't going to share this, but we, for those of you, none of you know this, but Crystal and I had to, this is the second go at this interview because the first go, the platform absolutely didn't work. Nothing was <laughs> recorded. We had like two minutes in the recording. So you talk about a fail. I had to go crawling back to Crystal and say, this work, I'm back. Could you do another? I'm glad. I love talking to you. <laughs> well, you're very kind to do it again, but here we are doing it again. <laughs> and talk about the book a little bit, because this is not a, you know, find your man in Paris, you know, and I don't know, just bat your eyes at somebody in a cafe and you'll have this fabulous, you know, French romance, whatever that is, <laughs> um, whether no matter what. So tell me about the book. Tell us about the book because it's very real. Yeah. So, I mean, I, there's so many books that have been written about Paris. Once again, nothing's original. Um, and mine's not original either. I'm sure other people have written books like this. But it's my story about coming here and the things I went through, kind of the some of the bad parts of being here, the bad parts of starting a business, the bad parts of dating, but also the fun stuff and like the crazy things that have happened because I'm a photographer and I've worked with many different types of people, many different types of events from fashion week to like billionaires. And, and it's so interesting, the things that have happened. And I felt like I needed to put that in a book. And I also just wanted women to know like the real story of like some of the darker sides of being here. Mm-hmm. So why a memoir so and are there negative because a lot of people think about writing memoirs is Mm -hmm. there a negative to writing a memoir I mean writing a memoir is like doing a ton of like therapy (laughs) in like six months (laughs) 
Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> yeah, because it just, it, it brings back memories that you had buried. It brings back emotions that you had buried. And you think you forget this stuff, but you don't. It's all there. And, um, you know, you really had to re- reflect about who you are and the decisions you made. And, and also, you it's scary because people are going to judge you. Of course, people are going to judge you. And when I first released the book, I didn't sleep for like two weeks. I was like, everyone's going to hate me. Uh, you're a terrible person. Because like, <laughs> I had written about things that people didn't really know about me. Because yeah. um, people, you know, they, they decide who you are before they even meet you. Right. And then I started to calm down because I just thought, you know, people are going to forget you in five minutes. They're going to read the book and be like, oh, Crystal this. Oh, Crystal's horrible. Oh, Crystal's great. Whatever. But then they forget you, you know, and and moving on. And the people that really loved me for that book are the ones that are going to hire me anyway, the ones I want to hang out with. So that's fine. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But but was there a, um, you talked about going back and revisiting. It's hard because you go back and revisit some of those experiences and those emotions from that time period. But was there, you know, a catharsis? Was there a, was the feeling I'm so glad I talked about that and I shared that story. It was a feeling fantastic that I wrote a book and published it. Oh, I, I think that it's both, you know, I didn't expect that first part you talked about, like, Oh, I felt that. And I've gotten closure writing a memoir. I didn't expect to have some kind of closure about my life, but really putting that all, I, I just always wanted to publish a book and I just want to keep writing books, but I didn't expect that part to, to feel like I kind of shut the door on 20 year old crystal. And like, I'm not that person anymore. Like I'm not that same girl. And if I met that girl today, I'd be like, girl, like calm down. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) But yeah, I would mentor her. But at the same time, that's why I am who I am today. That's what built the person I am. So I don't see anything wrong with the things I did or the way I felt. It, It just is, you know? Yeah, but but there was a bit of closure then. Um, it sounds like acceptance. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you we all know what we did and what our mistakes were and what our successes were and the great moments as well as the very terribly sad moments. But, yeah. you know, it's what I'm hearing you say is when you do write a memoir, you do get a bit of closure because now that chapter to some extent in your life, however long. Yeah. I literally wrote the ending of that part of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's very very cool. So what was tell tell everyone what the writing process was like? Did you did you write every day? Did you write? You know, I mean, everyone has this vision of somebody sitting in a cafe in France or in Paris, right? <laughs> um, channeling Ernest Hemingway, whatever. Um, but how did you write? Cause you had to, you were supporting yourself at the same time as you were writing your book. Yeah. I am not someone who can write in a cafe. Um, I need complete silence. Uh, I need no noise. I need no distractions. Everything was put on silent mode. My phone, my computer, I'd lock myself away in a room where I couldn't hear anybody. Um, and I would commit to at least two hours a day. Even if I had nothing to say and I'm just sitting there with my computer, annoyed that I have nothing to say, um, you show up. And it's just kind of like muscle memory, like you're activating your brain to do something when you show up at the same time and try to do it at the same time, whether it's the morning or the afternoon, every day. And sometimes it goes way longer than two hours. It just starts free flowing. 
And then other times, you know, you're just doing nothing, but you're there, you know, you have to show up. Yeah, that's really great advice. Same time every day, do it every day. So you're really training your brain to go into that mode. Is Yeah, because your brain is a muscle at the end of the day. So it will kind of snap into what you've taught it if yeah. you allow that. Interesting. And why did you self-publish versus find a publisher? And maybe you're, you're it's going to be published again. With yeah, I really struggled with that. Um, but I actually, when I started writing a book, I reached out to a lot of writer friends that I admired and said, I reached out to ones who had publishers and ones who had self-published. And uh, I was really sold on the self-publishing just because I know a couple of women who've done really well self-publishing. They make it their full-time living now. And they had complete control over everything, the cover. I mean, but also you have complete control over spending the money to get all that done. I had to pay for the cover. I had to pay for the editing. A publisher would take care of all that. But also a publisher would completely change the book if they wanted, delete things, move things. They have complete control over the cover. And it could take years to get a publisher. For me, I had this story and it felt like, it felt very important to share it as soon as possible. Yeah. So that waiting process, that courting process that we all hear about trying to obtain a, a, an editor and a publisher and all of that. Yeah, yeah. But publishers also are using a publishing company. They actually, I'm assuming, they do some marketing. And as a, when you self-publish, you have to self-market, correct? Not really. Um, actually, the publisher... They spend most of the money on editing and things like that and getting it made, but they really don't help that much with the marketing. And I've had a lot of friends who've used publishers complain about this, how they really are kind of left on their own to, to get it out to the world. Now it is going to be in bookstores and many more places than you can with self-publishing, but you really kind of have to more so line things up as far as marketing goes. Wow. So what'd you do? How are you selling your book? Besides you, yeah. podcast. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, social media has been like a huge piece of selling my book. Um, doing a lot of book clubs. Like I've been lucky. A lot of lovely people that follow me on Instagram have reached out and asked to do like feature as their book club. Um, oh, just that. the following, mainly from Instagram. Every time I posted about it, like people were so kind. And then putting things on like Goodreads and on Amazon. Mm-hmm. making you paying for advertising on Amazon on Kindle and things mm-hmm. like that where it pops up when you open your Kindle yep. things like that but honestly this book for me was more of a passion project like okay. I probably could be marketing more I probably could be trying harder to make money off of it but my main income is other things so for me this was just kind of fun you know and I, of course I would love to make writing a full-time job and maybe I will but at this moment with this book, it's just like now photography's full on again. So it's um, yeah. kind of hard to spread myself too thin. Yeah, yeah. And Paris, is photography, because Paris is just for those of you who are questioning whether or not they should get on an airplane and come to Paris, it's wide open and you can do that. And it is, are you finding your business is, is super busy once again after? Yeah, life is back to normal and... Uh, in wow. some ways, I miss lockdown because I could do nothing. <laughs> yeah, <that's funny. laughs> I, didn't, I didn't miss the loss of income, but yeah, I did yeah, enjoy yeah. not checking my email because nobody was emailing me. So, yeah, and nobody yeah. was asking me to go anywhere. Right, right. <laughs> it was nice to relax after eight years of running around like crazy. Yeah. 
So what, but go, go, speaking of COVID, you know, are you different because of COVID? Is there anything that you take, took from COVID that is something that's now a part of Crystal and Crystal's life? I think COVID really taught me to slow down. I, I know that I'm still not slowing down, but I realize how important it is and how to say no to things. Because at the beginning of my photography career, I thought if I said no to anything, I was losing the chance of something greater, you know. Right. But now I'm realizing saying no and turning down projects can be a good thing. And I still deal with a lot of guilt about that, saying no to anything and rearranging to make everything work. But my body has really just made me realize, like, you can't do that anymore. It's is even if my brain is fully there my body's not there anymore yeah that's really interesting that you know basically 18 months practically of of closure or 14 whatever it was that you learned to listen to your body because obviously mm -hmm. your body was tired before too you just yeah <laughs> yeah i just was running so fast i didn't it's like an adrenaline high you know you don't realize it and now when i actually sit still for a minute i'm like ugh. And I think oftentimes like entrepreneurs, we, we, we say our worth is, you know, direct to our business. And that's something I'm learning too. It's like, I don't need to be the best. I don't need to be perfect. I, I don't need to be working so hard all the time to be liked or even like myself, you know, it's like, just relax for a minute. <laughs> that's an interesting concept. I hadn't thought of that, that when you're, especially when you're a solopreneur, but even an entrepreneur who's got a little staff of some kind, it, it, you you morph your personal identity in with your and overlap it with almost your professional. Yeah, you become identity. like your business, and yeah. it can be really unhealthy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and how you view yourself up and down mm -hmm. based on how successful your business is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be directly connected. Yeah, exactly. That's really interesting. So. What's ahead for Crystal? What what do you, what's what's on the? I know. Don't tell me what you're going to do, because you know, yeah, you're going to do photography, <laughs> you're going to do classes, all of that. But what is Crystal? What do you want to create with the Crystal Kenny brand going forward? I think I'd really like to just focus on podcasting and writing more books around creativity doing more consulting, cons consultations, helping people grow their businesses. Because um, for me, that brings me a lot of joy and I'm, I enjoy finding solutions, you know, and uh, I enjoy helping other people do that. And it's just something that comes really naturally to me. And I didn't know that was like a gift, but like part of my, my mastermind friend group was like, Crystal, you know, that's not normal that you can do that so easily. And I think oftentimes we don't realize like, what we can do is not easy for others, you know, and you kind of need people to help you discover those special things about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Often our strengths, because they are easy for us, we think they're easy for everyone. Yeah. And you're, yeah. Also, you're very direct and you're a very, you're straight shooter. And yeah. <laughs> I know that's in a very American term and maybe only a Midwestern American term, but truly, <laughs> seriously, um, but truly, you know, I, if I was to work with you as an entrepreneur, you're, you're very upfront. This is this, you know, try this, think of this. What about this? Rather, there's no dancing around what might be going on and whatnot. And mm -hmm. that's refreshing, really um, crazy and valuable or not. Uh, thank you. 
I'll say, I guess. Yeah, truly. Um, so the business, have you named your business? Your, your consulting, coaching? Uh, it's basically just my name. Like everything that I've been learning, it's like use your name. But it's all kind of centered around the podcast as well because yeah. – whenever I talk to people on the show, oftentimes, you know, I'm giving them advice while we're like after the show. So yeah. it's kind of, and then a lot of people who are struggling to get their businesses off the ground and stuff have reached out randomly. So it just kind of was like a organic um, move to start doing that. I hear a lot of women say, I'm a, I want to start a podcast and a number of my coaching groups. So what, I mean, other than, you know, obviously you need a platform, um, do you feel that podcast, are there some success tips that you would share with someone who's thinking about starting a podcast other than, yeah, know, I think that it's important to really sit down and figure out your topic, you know, and see what already exists and how you could put a spin on it. Mm -hmm. I was honestly really surprised that there wasn't another podcast in English specifically about creatives in France or related to France. There are French for sure. And there's some other ones that are just interviewing everybody who lives here or whatever, but there wasn't anyone like focusing on creativity. So I did a lot of research before to kind of see about that. And also um, my first couple of episodes, I interviewed my friends, you know, cause like that felt more comfortable. And if I made a mistake, they're more understanding. And I was still super nervous to even interview my friends but that was a great way to like build some confidence and get over the hump of figuring out how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Now you do only audio or do you do audio and video? I do only audio, but everyone's been saying I need to do video too, because people love seeing videos and that's where the internet's going. And even oh. Instagram and all that is going to become a video platform. Uh, so I'm definitely looking into it, but I'd like to lose my pandemic weight. I know I'm saying like, just jump and go, but I'm like, does everyone have to see all my chins all the time? Like, <laughs> That's pretty funny. I, 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 mine wasn't just pandemic weight. So I'm using a phrase though. I'd like to lose my pandemic weight. You know, you get to a certain age, I'm, you know, old enough to be your mother, obviously you get to a certain age. Uh, this is my advice for you where you really don't care anymore. Um, yeah, <laughs> because people are more interested in what's what you're saying than whether or not you're perfect. You know. Yeah, that's true. I need to get over that vanity. Well, of, but you see all these like super successful women on their stuff on YouTube and all that, and they're like models. <laughs> well, and just remember that you know half of that's fake. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I, yeah. I should take my own advice and just go for it. Oh, Coco's yeah. waking up. Say hello, Coco. <laughs> but it's hard. That, that's what you're, you're also just revealed. It's that it's really hard sometimes to give advice to ourselves. And that's why yeah. going to your, your really close group of friends or your mastermind or hiring a coach or sitting, you know, interviewing people who are doing things or whatever um, to give you some feedback because it's really hard to see yourself and see your own problems and as well as your own gifts, you know, like your mm -hmm. yeah. said, that comes easily to you. You don't understand crystal. Not everyone can do that. And yeah, yeah. no, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a really interesting, interesting point. Um, uh, there was something else I was going to ask you. 
Um, so how, and I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit because your conversation is so interesting to me, but talking about this networking and connecting, how important is that? Yeah, that's like the number one thing in the success of my business. Um, like I talked about earlier, kind of helping other people and they want to give it back. And that's the other great part of podcasting. You're basically listening to someone's story. You're listening to them. How can they not love you after? I've made so many friends from podcasting um, that I normally would probably never meet. It's like dating for friends, starting a podcast, you know, like we're talking about something we're both passionate about and learning about each other. Yeah. Wonderful. So final, final question. What can you not live without? What must you have in your life to live? Oh, I don't know. My husband? Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty great. I mean, he is he's wonderful. very supportive. He's always pushing me to do the things I want to do. He was the main reason I wrote my book because oh. he saw how I lived when I talked about writing a book and he's like, you got to do it. You have to write a book. It's so important. So he's my biggest cheerleader. I love him. And he kind of challenges me because he's, he's a Southern European. He's from Sicily. So he knows how to relax and he knows how to settle down. And like, that's something I'm learning from him. So, yeah, I think I, I'm a huge advocate for you don't need a man and blah, 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 blah. But also it's really nice to have someone you can depend on. Yeah. Yeah. That that's your, your teacher, your supporter, your cheerleader, you know, he's, he brings obviously gifts to the table that you don't have and vice versa, you know? Exactly. Yeah. He helps me see parts of myself. I didn't realize and oh. and he supports my, my dreams, you know, cause I thought, oh, I'm just going to keep talking about writing a book. And he's like, no, you're going to write a book. Do it like right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. And you tell him that's enough relaxing. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, get to work. We gotta, we gotta get going. I'm American. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so true. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. Is there anything else that you'd like to share today that I've missed in the questions? Oh, no, I think that was great. I really enjoyed talking to you. And thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, Crystal, thank you. And like I said, this to I'm telling everyone, this is round two. So Crystal's like, <laughs> you know, she she went the extra mile by doing it again. So uh, no big deal. Yeah. It was super fun. Both times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you. Okay, I'm gonna hit the stop record button. <laughs> thank you for listening today. If you want to hear more, just tune in every Monday for a new episode. And if you felt this podcast was helpful, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any conversations and that you also get notified when we have special gatherings. If you liked this episode, please share it with another extraordinary woman. And if you have a moment, I'd very much appreciate you leaving a review. Now, if you want to hear more about the Extraordinary Women magazine, which includes much more than just the magazine, reach out to me via social media or join us at SherryHarmel.com. I look forward to our next conversation, and I hope you do too.